Hey, welcome to A Little Better. My name is Daniel. I'll be your host. Today, we talk all about the issue of the heart. Remember, our goal on this podcast is to know Jesus better by the power of his spirit, do better, so together we can be a little better. Welcome to A Little Better. Uh, We are super excited to dive into this next talk that Nate uh, gave this past weekend. Uh, Just a point of note, if you hear some background noise, we have some people doing construction in the building, so that's possible uh, that you may hear a saw or something. Trust, an trust, upgrade to the online campus. Yeah, trust me, Brad's <laughs> legs not you know getting t- cut off underneath They're the table. They're directly underneath <laughs> us, so I hope we don't fall through the floor at some point during the podcast. If they hit something weird, we'll leave it in, trust me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, uh, awesome. Nate, you gave us the talk this past weekend, week two of Final Words, looking at Jesus' final statements from the mm-hmm. cross. Uh, give us your sermon in 60. Sure, sermon in 60. So we're looking at the two criminals that were hung, uh, crucified next to Jesus on the cross, and essentially looking at the two responses of each of them to Jesus. And essentially, we'll talk about um, how Jesus kind of divides people up into two two groups of people. There's really two kinds of people on mm-hmm. on planet Earth, and uh, it's not a matter of if you're one of those, it's which one are you. And so we yeah. kind of dive into that and really look down through what did the first criminal say, what did the second criminal say, and kind of dissect each of their individual kind of heart conditions and responses to the man who's being crucified in the middle of them, Jesus. Mm, That's good. That's good. The first question I want to dive into today is you talked about, you know, there's two groups of people on planet Earth. And at one point in your message, you kind of talk about, um, you know, the, the criminal be, like the fact that he is a criminal. He's lived not the most glorious life. For most of us, you know, everyday people living our lives, like we we don't get thrown in jail. You know, we don't live, we haven't done anything that bad. You haven't? Um, no, not, not that bad, right? Like what What if he's a murderer? You know, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's uh, you know, he's all the things that he could do, you know, right. he could do that was, that is, grotesque uh, in our culture and society Mm -hmm. that says that that person does not belong in society. Therefore, we're going to remove them from society and put them in jail. He's a criminal. He's done something to merit that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we haven't done that. So why is that fair for for you or for Jesus to say, yeah, that's us. Like, that's all of you. We're criminals. Mm -hmm. Um, We deserve that punishment. Or if you want to even say it to the end, at the end of the story, when everybody dies, all people who don't follow Jesus, they all go to the same level. They go to the same place. Why is that fair? Yeah, I think when it comes to the whole idea of fairness, I think that that's one of, it's almost one of the logical reasons why God does exist. Mm. Because we all have somewhat of a moral right and wrong. We, mm-hmm. yeah. I think we all do. Christ follower, non-Christ follower, we all have this idea of, hey, that's bad and that's, that's good which to me is an evidence of God. We're not going to yeah. go down that road. But I think when you come into moments like this, it, it that kind of surfaced this because we do, whether we realize it or not, have this idea of like, that's okay, that isn't okay. And, and you know, this guy should be forgiven or shouldn't be for, forgiven based off of, I think, that idea of right and wrong that we have. Mm. That's good. Yeah, that... Delus- Brad, Brad, let me interrupt. All right. This Go is ahead. your opportunity. Drew's not here. We can talk about the fact that the flaw is in the good place, right? And oh, so- <laughs> I love oh, the show. good place. Yes, the flaw is in the good place. Yes, indeed. Yeah, the good place is everyone keeps doing it over and over again until they're good enough. Yeah. Right. You know? And, and everything has a moral 
score to it, right? right? There's right, that plus right, and minuses, right? And those those are some Incredibly of my favorite complex. scenes. Oh yeah, in yeah. the in the show is right. like they go these scenes of in this white. They're in this white room, and all these tallies are scoring up. It's almost like they're on yeah. the online campus in the ping pong yeah. ball, you know? I mean, shout out to The Good Place. Awesome <laughs> love entertainment. The I love them. I Great love the show. Great conversations. Not good theology. <laughs> Terrible not theology. Pretty, but, but, yeah. but, Everything but, has a moral ramification yeah. of plus or minus. Like, made a turkey sandwich, right, like, minus right. 20 points or something like so that. So it gets yeah. close to the truth when it says, like, no one g- gets a good enough score, mm. right? Because yeah. it says... Their, their life is so complicated, motives are so impure, everything, you know, it's like no one is getting into the good place because no one is good enough. Now, that gets close to the truth because the gospel, I mean, Paul says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, right? We have this delusion that there's okay people and not okay people, right? right? And we think we're in the okay people. We pay our taxes, we're, we contribute right. to society, we don't beat our kids, you know, whatever it is, whatever standard we hold for ourselves. But, and Jesus is... He even kind of runs with that when he says, I didn't come for the sick. Um, you know, I didn't come for the healthy, but for the sick. And we all say, well, yeah, I'm, I'm one of the healthy. I mean, what Jesus knows is we're all sick, Correct. right? Yeah. Every one of us is sick. That's Every right. one of us is a criminal. Right, mm. right. Which gets back to even we talked about it last week. Jesus on the cross, even his statement last week, reveals our greatest need, mm. sin. Yeah, right. <laughs> that, that separates all of yeah. us from God, and mm-hmm. we need Christ's forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Whether we've messed up big in terms of the world standards or little, the reality is our sin separates us from God, and that can only be remedied through Christ. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so if our sin separates us from God, here's, a, I feel like, a question that still hasn't been answered. Why is all sin equally weighed by God instead of more of a more complex system of morality that we all can make up on our own self of like, we can weight them. This is bad, but this is really bad. Why does God just say, nope, everything's a minus, you know, everything's a minus. It's all the same level of minus. And there isn't, there isn't this weighted scale hierarchy. Yeah. There's not a hierarchy of evil in that sense of no, if you sin, you're a sinner, and sinners. I'd love to are hear separated. Brad's response to this. You want to hear my response yeah. to yeah. that? Yeah, go ahead. Brad. So I loved when you talked about you were know, quoting John Piper and about the ant and Mount Everest. Now that was pointing out the ant being compared to God, but we could also compare that to you know the size of our our offense or our sin, right? We it, when it comes to holiness, we always underappreciate how great a crime our sins yeah. are. You know how holy God is, how pure He is, how much He detests sin. Mm. So it's always an underappreciation there. So we can be scribbling in the dirt about this sin isn't as much as that sin. It's just like they're all Mount Everest, you right. know, in the eyes yeah. of God. Hundred yeah. percent. Or you could even say uh, even a more of a point of clarity is it's not necessarily the offense. It's who we've offended. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, you know, you could equate it to your relationships on earth, right? If you, if you say a crossword to a random person in Wegmans, um, it's like, okay, that wasn't very nice. But, but if you say, do the same thing to your wife, that, that offense, the weight that that carries is a lot heavier, but it's, right. it's mm-hmm. not about what you did, but it's about who you did it to. Right. Um, the example has been used before of like, imagine that the, there's this beater car uh, and you, and then you park beside it in the grocery parking lot and then you accidentally scratch the side of the car and you're like, eh, whatever. But the next day you park beside a Ferrari and scratch right. it. You're right. like, Oh yeah. my god! And then you're like, <laughs> you know, it's like the the right. weight. It right. just it, you did the same action, but what you did it to 
totally. it made all yeah. the difference. And there's, I mean, there's views out there that obviously don't like, I talked briefly about purgatory, right? Yeah. You look at the Catholic faith and they have this idea of purgatory in this place where you kind of do pay for your sins and maybe there's... Right. different weight given based on what you did do or yeah. didn't do. We always want to make it manageable somehow, yeah. right? Yeah, and, you know, making our sin manageable. Yeah. Give us a, enough thousand years, we'll work yeah. it out. Right. You know, yeah, something. that's good. Uh, that's that's good thoughts in there. Um, so let's let's answer this one quick question. What is a sin? Missing the mark. I remember that oh, from yeah, like VBS yeah, yeah, yeah. back as a little boy, <laughs> yeah. right? God yeah. is a standard, and mm-hmm. when we miss that standard, yeah, sin. yeah. Yeah, I always think of it as yeah, it's it's basically a, a moral crime. It's a crime against yeah. God, right? I mean, we have we have and sin is kind of a word that we don't use that much in conversation. Right. I mean, people talk about mistakes, they might talk about crimes, but we're talking about man's law. But is there some true sin against not only the universe, but the author of the universe? Yeah. It is just fingernails on the chalkboard of the universe. This is not right. It's not consistent with God or the universe, He, the moral universe that he has created. Right. That's good. Yeah. Right. I hope our viewers and listeners can hear the carnage that's happening. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned nails on a chalkboard. That yeah. might actually that's, fit that's well. Really what it sounds Those like. Saws are that's going. at least what we're hearing. Oh, I don't know word. if everyone else can hear this. I don't know this, what but, it sounds like on the microphone. Yeah, anymore. but hopefully it sounds uh, good. But uh, yeah, anyway, uh, in a sin as well, like it's not just a moral or a deed done, mm-hmm. but you know, there's de- definitions given in the sense of a sin is anything done and mo- or motive uh-huh. and like what why you're doing what you're oh, doing sure. attitude right. of the heart like that yeah. that can be a sin and i think we see that in the first criminal you, you talked about four different groups of people but you really zeroed in on the two criminals right and so you talked about the crowd the g- general population that was at the scene of the cross and how they were hurling insults and you know brad really talked about how he loved that you gave that definition of spewing venom right you know, that's what they're doing they're literally the same group of people that days before were shouting praises of jesus are now like you know hurling insults at him the religious leaders who mock him mm-hmm. um and then the the first criminal um who who says like save us like if you if you are who you say you are save yourself save me um, in that guard, and th- those are those reveal some really poor heart attitudes yeah. um, in our regard. So, so let's let's invert that. Let's talk about some positive things now. We've talked about sin and all the all the wickedness and all these different things. How can we daily, weekly, on a regular rhythm keep our heart in the right attitude mm. uh, of a proper view of who Jesus is and who we are in relation to him? If we're all sinners if we're all on the same playing field because we've sinned against a holy God, a, a perfect being, uh, and, and we've been forgiven by him, we, we've uh, turned away from our sin and we've trusted <clears throat> in Jesus and the work that he's done to save us, and that's only the way that we can have a right relationship with God, how can we keep our heart in check uh, on a regular basis? Yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of ways you could do that. I think of... Um, I was a, it may have been even Piper that said, you know, you, we, or maybe it was C.J. Mahaney of like, you got to preach the gospel to yourself every day. Mm, and yeah. I think Piper was the one who even said the gospel isn't the ABCs of the Christian faith. Yeah. It's the A through the Z. So sometimes we have this idea of like, I need the gospel to start my faith journey, yeah. right? To understand mm-hmm. who I am, who Jesus is, and place my faith in what he accomplished for me. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. But the whole motivation, heart of living and, and, and breathing and serving and giving or whatever it might be comes from that, again, 
this was a gift. The, the gospel is a yeah. gift. And so as a result of doing that, like it just overflows in my life. So I think we, well, however you want to do that, you just got to get to the point where you're telling yourself, reminding yourself of mm. the gospel That's so good. that that can produce this idea of delight, not duty, right? Because yeah. you mm-hmm. can do all of these things, but if it's a duty, a checkbox, mm. then it's more driven by guilt and weight of like, oh, I didn't read my Bible enough this week, or mm. I didn't, you know, whatever. You could be reading your Bible every single day this year, yeah. but if your heart isn't being or overflowing because of the gospel and the reality of what that means for you in your relationship yeah. with God, like, well, what are you doing? You know, you yeah. almost have it backwards. Um, so mm. I just... Yeah, we, we and Paul talks about that too. The greatest joy in life is knowing Christ. So how do we find ways to do that? It could be a number of ways. Reading your Bible every day is good. Yeah. If you're able and you're looking, where are the themes of the gospel? Where are the threads of the gospel? Yeah. I'm reading, mm-hmm. you know, through the Bible with a bunch of friends right now. And we're, we've been in like numbers and Psalms, which can be hard going. But again, if you're looking through the lens of all of this is pointing to Jesus yeah. and why he came, again, you're mm. that gospel is just infiltrating your heart, so which good. then impacts what we do yeah. versus mm-hmm. the other way, what yeah. we do then impacts our view with God. That's yeah. backwards. Yeah. I think we've talked about this before. We all, you know, we have our favorite parts of the Bible, and I always have to have that discipline. I do, like this year, like many years, I'm reading through the whole Bible because I need to keep that balance in my life, not just focus on the favorite parts, but but there's a reason they're favorites, right? right. And uh, for me, I love story and narrative. So mm. for me, just to be in the gospel, so we talk about reading the Bible, but for me, especially just to be a fly on the wall with Jesus and to see his love for people and walking through those parables yeah. and the prodigal son and the rest, um, what I think about, and again, we're just claiming the promise you know, that Jesus is saying, if you repent... I will instantly embrace and forgive you. I'm loving you now, but your sin is blocking me, right. you mm-hmm. know, from being able to embrace you. But if you would just accept, stop striving and accept my forgiveness. So I think about, I have a very, you know, someone who's very close to me and he, he wronged, he messed up his marriage. Okay. It wasn't anything sexual, but it was just finances. It was bad. Uh, and uh, it's taken him, it's, it's just taking him years to, to reconcile, you know, mm. with his wife, you know, for, you know, and it's just, and rebuilding that relationship, it's so hard. And then I see the thief on the cross and the instant, you know, he cries out, you know, for forgiveness, for deliverance instantly, you know, Jesus is all over him. Mm-hmm. So there's a way in which, you know, so just to be reminded of, of how merciful, how instantly, amazingly merciful God is. So others are the things that help me think about it, I guess. Yeah. I'm trying to even think what your original question was. Yeah. <laughs> How do we keep that in front of us? How do yeah. you keep that in front of us? So those yeah. are things I try to dwell on. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. I, and that's that idea, again, of just preaching the gospel to ourselves. I know that that mm-hmm. may sound weird, but... And I, I talk about that, too, of, of when we hear the gospel, it should never be boring. It should mm-hmm. always just remind us yeah. of just the incredible love that God demonstrated and showed us and should truly be the greatest news ever that excites us. And Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've heard one pastor say the gospel is not the diving board. It is the pool. And so, oh, you good. know, because uh, in the sense of that, you know, the gospel isn't what gets us into the pool of Christianity, but mm-hmm. it is the pool. Like, it's, every, yeah. it's the waters that we get to swim in and, and we should never get over the fact of, of, of what Christ has done. You know, just some easy... 
um, and not easy, but practical things. I feel like to to remi- keep that in front of you is is I think the habit of slow Bible reading um, is good. You know, because we're not doing it for the sake of doing it. Can you you know you talked about it's mm-hmm. for delight, not duty. And for some people here, and both you guys saying like we're going to read through the whole Bible this year is just like what <laughs> this is what that looks like. Oh my oh, gosh! <laughs> like you know, and they're thinking I'm not reading the whole Bible. I can yeah. yeah, which is a good point because last year so I did the exact opposite. Yeah. I did the slow. Yeah, and I worked through uh, Romans and Ephesians, some of the epistles, and I just went like, mm. no goal. I may read a phrase today, or I may yeah. read 10 verses today, but it's yeah. that uh-huh. idea of, again, just just bathe in it. Just yeah. get into the chew, Word. Chew in the cud. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Chew the cud, yeah. Delight. Yeah, but that's Meditate. a good point. It, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, again, it's not about the checkbox or the plan. Mm-hmm. You could do any number of plan. Yeah. yeah. And it'd be nothing. You know, you could do a plan and it do absolutely nothing for you. Yep. Um, and some people may may feel that. And, and you know, I know for, for me, there's been seasons in my life where I'm doing a Bible reading plan and it's just clicking. I'm like, man, me and God feel like, I just feel like I'm so close to him. I'm learning, I'm growing. And then there's other times like, I'm still reading my Bible and it's just like, like I'm beating my head sure. on this microphone, like, and it's yeah. like I, I'm, and it's me every time that's the wrong. The Bible is not um, in the wrong, and so I think a practice of of slow Bible reading. And for you, if you're like, oh, I want to read the whole Bible this year, um, well, are you doing it out of a sense of like checking, like I, to say I read my Bible last year, or are you saying like I want to grow in my relationship with God? You know, right, Brad, right. I think your your motive in that of like it, reading the whole Bible makes sure that I'm reading the full story of God and not just like my favorite parts of, I'm just going to read through the gospels every year and that's all I'm going to, I'm now going to pay attention to the old Testament or Paul's letters. Like, you know, um, it helps, it helps you, um, in that regard. And so for me, there'll always be parts of the Bible that are hard to understand and hard to receive and sobering, you know, to me, go through the old Testament. And I, I just don't appreciate, I mean, at one point, Breaking the Sabbath was a capital offense, mm-hmm. you know, and you're just like, what is going on here? And then you just see just, oh, just the the terrible dysfunction, you know, Joseph and his brothers. I mean, these the brothers killing each other and everything. I mean, yeah. it, but there was just, there's rough stuff in there, rough stuff in there. So when I get to the gospel, I, it is it's like, so here. glorious, so yeah. wonderful. Here, finally, it breaks through. Finally, we get the answer. Yeah. See, see, we're opposite. Like, it's not that the Gospels is my least favorite part, but like, I love the Old Testament of just like it. How which parts do you like? The prophets? Do you like? Oh, the... I, I love the whole Old Testament in its entirety. But I okay. had probably like some of my best professors in seminary were uh-huh. were like Old Testament profs who were like, yeah. this is where the story of Jesus is all over the pages of the Old Testament. Yeah. Like, yeah. let me show you even right. in the genealogies. Yes. Let me show you yes. in this. Mm-hmm. Let me show you in the prophets. Let me show you in the writings. Let That's me... a gift. And it was just like. Yeah. It just like lit my passion for the Old Testament, and I'm just like every time I'm reading, I'm like, "Where's Jesus at?" Because he's in here, like it's begging for yeah. him. Uh, um, I have little kids. Jesus Storybook Bible. Yeah, that's one of the I love about that book because it, it obviously works through the yeah. Old Testament stories that are there. But every time it ends with that thread, where's that gospel thread? Yeah. How is that pointing to a need of a savior? Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I think that slow Bible reading is a great uh, skill and practice to do. And I think one is uh, I, I'm gonna call it just like reflective or repentive prayer uh, would be a good one of slowing your heart down to grieve over your sin is mm-hmm. what uh, I just 
finished last, this past this past week. Do you believe? So I've recommended the book multiple times, but I've, I've it's a big one. I mean, it's like 450 pages. But Paul Tripp uh, of and he talks about multiple times how we can implement some of the deep things of theology into our everyday life, and he always talks about slowing down to reflect on who mm-hmm. God is yeah. and who you are in relationship to Him, because I think a lot of a lot of sin, at least in my own life, would not have been committed if I would have made a slower decision in the sense of that, that like appetite decision, like Jacob and Esau using the Old Testament, like, I'm gonna, I'm so hungry, I'm gonna die if I don't have a bowl of beans, take my birthright, take my blessing, like, um, yeah. would not have been made if we just mm-hmm. slowed down to make yeah. um, and realize who we are or the sin we've committed. And I think some of that keeps sure. the gospel in front of us. Any of okay. you guys journalers? Yes, I, yeah. I'm no. terrible at it. I've done it occasionally. Yeah. Every time I do, I've do done it, it occasionally. That it's slows been a me while. down, and to take the time to articulate what I'm feeling or thinking, and then also then to mm-hmm. how does God or the gospel yeah. or impact that helps a lot. Brad, you've done that. For I a have. While too, I, I have, and um, so it's been a while. I have to be honest, and, and I love this reminder because I should be doing doing it again because my best times were I basically would my prayers would become letters to Jesus. You yeah. know, I would that is my journal. I would just write, Lord, and because my I'm so distractible and you know fall asleep or whatever. I mean that just it it, it focuses and and helps it go deep. So when I've done it, it's yeah. it's been a great blessing. I think the other thing that happens is. Um, and people talk about like light and heat, so kind of light of knowing what the Bible says, but then the heat of feeling what it says. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there are just events, divinely orchestrated events in life. Like we talked last week, it might be now you are challenged with the need to forgive. You're gonna re- you're gonna understand the gospel far differently than you did before that experience. We had mm-hmm. our group meeting um, uh, last week, and it got heavy. I've got. There's a, there's a there's a there's a woman in our group whose son was murdered. Mm. You know, do you forgive Oof. the person who murdered your son? So you talk about how it, she reads the gospel differently than I do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But some stuff you get a cancer diagnosis, whatever. You know, you're going to read the Bible. You know, differently. So so God will orchestrate it too. But yeah. stay in the Word because it's going to change yeah. in light of right. your circumstance. Yeah. It's really I, good I, for for us, for my wife and I at least. Like you know, our faith when we first got married, we started, you know, Bible journaling together and Bible meaning what I mean by that is the just a method of journaling of, you know, we've we talk about the here method or the soap method, you know, S O A P or H E A R of like pick one verse, explain that verse, apply that verse you know, respond in prayer and mm-hmm. you're journaling that out. You're not just doing that in your mind, but that discipline that started a couple of years ago of like when the best times I read my Bible and I don't do, you know, the journaling every day uh, that I read, but when I do, it's the best time. So it's, I want to do that more than not um, in that regard of, of picking that method. And, Cause that helps that, that te- makes me, it forces me in that habit of like, I can't just read this and not take this to my heart. I gotta, I gotta move it from my head to my heart. So it yeah. gets into my hands, you know, of like how I'm actually living my life. Cause theology that it, you know, or just information about God that stays in our head is dangerous. And that, you know, that makes us hear the words of Jesus. Like I came for the sick, not for the healthy and be like, well, I'm healthy. <laughs> and that makes us be the first criminal or the religious Pharisees. Like, right. well, Jesus apparently is not who he says he is. Cause he obviously doesn't know how great I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but that helps us recognize the weight of our sin, the gravity and the, the perfectness of Jesus. Um, and I think that just forces our hearts 
um, in that direction. I think people are going to have to listen to this podcast twice to get all that. That was great. That was no, There was so no. much in there. But I, I think if there's one word, it's slow. I, I love... Mm-hmm. And you're talking about different ways to be yeah. slow, different yeah. ways to go deeper, but but slow it down. Hey, didn't we hear about slowing down? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks, Brad. Busy is uh, the new stupid, right? Yeah, busy is the new stupid. <laughs> Shout out. That's the Warren Buffett. <laughs> Uh, nice. All right. Well, last question, Nate. We talked about, and Brad, you brought it up again, of, you know, that um, the instant that the thief on the cross, you know, reached out to Jesus. Yep. Boom. He's forgiven. He's saved. He's redeemed. Yep. Today, he will be with Jesus in paradise. Mm-hmm. Nate, so is the point of your message that we should just live our life, how we live our life, live it in sin, and then just, you know... Throw that Hail Mary up a couple seconds for the t- clock. Set That's my new plan. <laughs> Set a reminder on your phone. Or like if, I think iWatches do that, where if you stumble or fall, it sends off like an alarm. And, and like, we'll call 911. Like, do you set so you that for... Set that to preach the yeah, game. Well, that's only... Share that's the only if, to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Nate, that, that's only if you got the newest Apple Watch. So right. make sure you... Have up, if, you only have a, if you only have a like, Series 1 or 2 or 3, make sure you get the upgrade so that... Maybe eventually they'll get that prayer connectivity, right. and right. Yeah. Uh, you there can you just go. throw that Hail Mary prayer up on your deathbed, right. and you'd be good. That's funny. No, that is a good question, right? Why not just live it up and experience all the, the if life I can? Get, if I, I can, can get or... instant forgiveness, right? It, might as well. Right. Again, that's that. You're, you're you would be missing the entire point mm, yeah. of of Jesus and why he uh-huh. came. Yeah, and and the point is not at the end. It's just not about me. And my joy, what I want or what I think I want in life, it's all, it's all about Christ. And there's life to be had now. Mm. And not even just for you, but how God wants to work in and through you in the life of others. I mean, that's what we're ultimately called to do as followers yeah. of Jesus. So it's, it's just, again, when you come to know Christ, it's not about self. It's not about me. I'm the last person I should be thinking about. Yeah. And so yeah. um, I think we, yeah, yeah, I think we talked last week about if you don't forgive, you don't get it. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing. If you're just going to wait until the end, you don't get it, right? Yeah. right? Because um, to, to, why would you want to continue in your sin? Why would you right. want to continue grieving God, hurting others, damaging yourself? There would, If you got it, right. you would run away from it as quickly as possible. And, yeah. that, and sometimes it takes a near-death experience you know, yeah. to wake, you up, wake, to wake you up. it up. Hopefully, you know... We don't need a near-death experience to come yeah, to Christ. That's right. Yeah, Paul, Paul's words in Romans 6, 1 and 2, you know, is just echoing in my mind, you know, may we go on sinning that grace may increase or sure. imba- abound. Right. And he says, by no means. And I, I remember my, my, one of my Greek professors in college, he talked about that that's a triple negative. And so every time a negative in Greek it increases its negativity, it's like even heavier and heavier. Mm, yeah. And he, you know, you know, excuse this, but he, he says, he, Paul's saying, Hell no! Like he, <laughs> yeah. he, that, he is like he is so emphatic that that is not the point of the gospel. Right, where he is just punching it home as hard as he can right. to say that is not the point. Yeah, right. Um, and if that's what you think the point is, you, like you guys have said, right. you missed it. Um, and so yeah, so in, in the in the midst of of these things, you know, there are some people probably out there that. You know, Nate, you talked about growing up in a Christian home, you getting Christian at an early age that, you know, had those prodigal seasons or years. And they're, they may be, like, tuning in as, as a whim or in a prayer of to the podcast or even hearing your talk this week. And they're like, Nate, like, you don't understand. Like, I was there, and then I just left. Um, for those people, 
what would you say a word of encouragement um, or a challenge for people who like have have left it um, and want seek to return? So I would say to that person, yeah, again, Jesus still offers his best grace to you. Mm-hmm. Um, he is just as eager and willing to to forgive and extend his his love and purpose and hope to you, just like he does to the guy that spent a lifetime of doing it. So. Um, yeah, there's nothing that disqualifies us from being able to receive God's gift unless we're willing to receive it. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's no sin too great, nothing you have done, you know, even if you were following or you were struggling and then fell away and now God can't come back or feel like can't extend forgiveness to you. Don't believe that lie. It is a lie. It's just simply mm-hmm. not true. Yeah. It's like the Apostle Paul, you know, like I'm just he's just all over the New Testament in his letters. You know, he calls himself the chief of sinners. And he's like spent years of his life just pouring himself out to to be um, you know, to be a vessel for the good news right. of Jesus. And he still's like, and I'm the worst, you know. I, I, and I'm like, Paul, you're you're really not right. that bad. Like, yeah. You've been doing so well, I love that like, about Paul. He, yeah. there, the more he followed Christ, the more he was aware mm. of his sin and need right. of a Savior, which goes back to what we were talking about. It's almost like the longer you're in a relationship, the more you realize how messed up I am, which results in gratitude that yet God still offers me through Christ forgiveness. He yeah. sees me as righteous, yeah. one of his own. Like, how could this be? Yeah. yeah, It's like the longer you're in a relationship with someone, the more of the trueness of who they are sure. you get to see. You know, like they talk about in marriage, like the in the first six months, you know, the rose-colored glasses come off and you realize that they're a real person with real flaws and real things. But it's the opposite with Christ because mm-hmm. the rose-colored glasses never come off because you realize just how much more precious and right. perfect he is and how much you're undeserving of that relationship. Uh, it just gets sweeter and sweeter when you're doing it right. Yeah, I almost think that... I think almost every Christian should probably get to that point of thinking I'm potentially the worst of sinners, you know, just to fully appreciate their sin. But I think... I, I, I can't, trying to imagine what going through Paul's head, but it's just like, hey, the gospel was right in front of me the whole time, right? You said the, the, the gospel is plastered all over the Old Testament, right? It's, it all points to Jesus. So I'm the biggest idiot of it all because I had the whole thing memorized, yeah. right? I knew it all. I'd studied it all. It was right in front of my face. And not only did I do, you know, it's just, you know, you, you guys can, you Gentiles can be forgiven. You know, you have it, I mean, or at least understood, right? You mm. didn't get what mm. I would, I was square in the middle of it and I missed it. Right, but, mm. but God and his grace opened my eyes. Yeah. Wow, that's good. That's good. All right, last question we want to wrap up this episode with is, uh, you know, the gospel. I've heard, I've, I've heard it said as well, giving you know, credit where credit's due, not for me. Is, this is a really important uh, point. That's why the hammer is yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, the hammer's going downstairs. <laughs> Ian, so. can you hear that? Uh, do you hear the Ian? saws? Uh, <laughs> I feel like he's lying to us. That look, I don't oh, know. that's good. So, um, so I've heard it said that the gospel was came to you on its way to someone else. You know, and to echo the point of like the gospel is too good just to keep to yourself. Uh, and so, um, how can you know what do we need to do um, in in our lives? You know, we heard from Josh uh, a couple of weeks ago in a series talking about living. Uh, a life of praying, investing, and inviting others. Um, so why is this message of, you know, forgiveness and um, eternity so impactful? And why why must it be shared? And what are some pointers that we can point to people to share the gospel with maybe unbelieving family members, coworkers, friends, mm-hmm. neighbors? I think what I've loved about studying these last two weeks and these first two 
you know, statements of Jesus' final words. It just shows his love for people far from him. And I, I think we should have that too as followers of Christ that have come to truly know what Jesus has done for us, that my heart should ache and burn for the people around me that don't know that, that are heading towards a Christless eternity. And man, I don't feel that burden as often and enough as I, as I should, which though is the whole, like the gospel, it's not meant to be held under a bush or under, you know, like we're meant to share that. So hopefully love compels us to want to share that with others. You know, there's that old, I think of that old quote by, I think it was Penn and Teller or one of those, like how much do you have to hate somebody to not want to share with them the love of Jesus? Mm. Oh, yeah. 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 So and that, he's not even as a believer, he's but an atheist. he gets yeah, the he's an logic he's like, of it. right, if, if you, you know this, how to yeah. get to an incredible eternity and you understand what someone has done, why would, how mad do you have to hate someone to right. not share that with them? So yeah. that's convicted me, I know, of like, right. man, am I really praying yeah. and putting myself even in places to build relationships to have yeah. someone that I can point people to that hope. Yeah, right. and, they're, and they're all around you. And if you want a more detailed episode, two episodes previous with uh, Josh Horn and Paige Bixby, we talk about, we, got, we dive into all the nuances of just practical ways um, of how you can live, live that out of uh, inviting others to come and follow Jesus, take a next step towards God. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Definitely th- tell them to listen to this podcast. Yeah, tell That's them. It's like uh, step one. Step one, you know? hear the hammers and the saws. and <laughs> oh, got to listen to that. Oh, yeah. Better. yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. We apologize for the background noise. Hopefully uh, some of the goodness of Brad and Nate oh, pierce through. Pierce through. Uh, and we hope uh, that you're having a great week. We can't wait to hang out with you again next week on A Little Better.